from the fight capital of the heavyweight division in Central Europe to boxing rings around the world. This is OTG, Heavyweights of Boxing Talk, the first official spinoff series of the On The Grind Boxing Podcast on the On The Grind Talk Radio Network. Join your host, Nino Schellick, each week as he's joined by a member of the On The Grind Boxing Team to bring you the best in heavyweight boxing talk. And now, here's Nino. Welcome to OTG Heavyweights of Boxing. Once again, I'm joined today by my co-host and friend, Irish Paddy Cronin. Hey, Paddy. Hey, Nino. Hope you're doing well. I'm looking forward to, to getting into it because we're getting uh, closer and closer to Joshua Klitschko. For sure. But we also have to wrap up some stuff of the other divisions. So last time we talked about um, the upcoming fight between Marco Hook and Myris Bredis. Well, I picked Bredis. You picked Hook. No, like get it right. <laughs> yeah, you you picked uh, Hook uh, by robbery. By robbery decision. Yeah. And you picked Breedus by what? By decision. No, you picked the knockout, man. Really? You are. You wanted the no. Maybe we should listen back to it. But I'm pretty sure you were talking about. You were mentioning a knockout. Yeah, I said he he would win on points, but I hope that he knocks him out or something like that. I don't know about that, man, because you were talking about betting on it. You were talking about betting on, on, on a decision. The robbery. The robbery decision, yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's get down. So, uh, fortunately, the fight was so clear that Hook couldn't even pull off a robbery. So, um, I was texting you while I was watching the fight so that the British is winning every round. Uh, which you yep. pre- which you pretty much did. So I, I don't see too many rounds that you could give to Hook. Maybe one or two if you're very generous. So he, he was just getting outboxed, um, basically. Um, Breedis had a good jab. He had so- sometimes he landed the right hand. He went to the body a little bit, and he would just counter Hook all night long. And one smart thing that he did is that he didn't allow any inside fighting by Hook. So he totally nullified that. Usually Hook um, goes to work on the inside, uh, hits you with some forearms, elbows on the back of the head. But Breedis really did his homework and he managed to yeah, nullify that by holding Hook and also uh, holding the, the uh, free right hand and also um, sometimes use those Vladimir Klitschko headlock tactics. <laughs> that uh, also tired uh, Hook out a little bit. So Hook was coming in and Breeze was pushing him down and putting him uh, in the front headlock. And yeah, that got Hook very frustrated because he couldn't get off his shots. And yeah, technically, of course, he was was the much uh, worse boxer of the two. We all know that, that he doesn't, doesn't have a proper technique. So he can jab a little bit, but he cannot really throw uh, clean combinations or yeah, he, he just isn't a technical fighter and this fight clearly showed that when he's in with a good technical fighter and he cannot use those roughhouse tactics he uh, doesn't stand really a chance and he got shot out by British he's kind of all out of ideas when when that come when that happens yeah for sure I mean it was surprising that he did as well as he did again over the years yeah 
Well, we know why that is. He had uh, the greatest uh, promotional team ever to grace Germany behind him. Yeah, true. I mean, uh, you could also mention Universum. Man, they fell apart. Yeah. They're nobody. Where, where's Universum now, man? Yeah, but they were good back in Where the day. Where are they now? They had some big fights. They had some big fights. Where are they now? <laughs> yeah, nowhere. They. I wonder what happened to that Universum gym of theirs. I think it got sold to Errol Chalan or so. <laughs> yeah, and Errol Chalan still has fights in that that get sanctioned. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think the problem with Universum was that uh, their manager took all the money and basically ran. So. Uh, was that Klaus Peter Cole? Yeah. I've got his number as well. Maybe we should get him. <laughs> ask him. Big Burnt and think, Klaus Peter Cole I on don't the same show. Cole has this number anymore. <laughs> pretty sure okay right so yeah like you said uh the matchmaking by sauerland uh, was a big factor why hook made it that far and had so many title many defenses? defenses 20 12 or so no he had he had a lot yeah yeah 12 and 13 would have been the record by johnny nelson 13 was the record that's not even that great of a record no and johnny nelson would have came back to challenge him yeah Maybe. For the 13th. That would have been so pathetic. Imagine Nelson had a one. Uh, it would have been an ugly fight. And he had four of, four of those defenses were against Ola Afalabi. Yeah. So, and two of them against Firat Arslan. Yeah. So that's six of defenses <laughs> against two guys. Yeah. And also, uh, don't forget, he had guys like uh, Matt Godfrey. Um, yeah. The, the dangerous Matt Godfrey. Um, also, Brian Minto. Brian the line mento, mate. That was a great challenge to uh, Marco Hook and former uh, guest of OTG. Yeah, for sure. So if you fight that kind of caliber, and also you got guys like Rogelio Rossi, who nobody's mm, heard of. He also fought. He did have that fight with Lebedev, though. Yeah, there was one uh, beast he fought in his whole. <laughs> era as a champion back in 1.0 yeah in, in, at heavyweight so uh, in his cruiserweight run he fought one dangerous guy in Lebedev and and then he fought Afalabi four times Ferret Arslan twice yeah Ran Nakash Adam Richards did he fight Ran Nakash yeah that was the guy Bobby Gunn was always trying to be fighting in Africa wasn't it <laughs> Uh, I think he's, he's uh, Israeli from Special Force team or something like that. Special okay. Force instructor. I'm thinking of some other guy that mm. had some strange name. Yeah, so the one guy, the one good guy he fought, uh, Lebedev, uh, he only won a very disputed decision against and he never gave him a rematch. Yep. Uh, even though it was clear that there has to be a rematch, and uh, never, never gave him a rematch and he never did unification fights against other no why would he yeah I mean well he was looking to uh, unify his uh, IBO title with the vacant WBC cruiserweight title in that fight against Breedus yeah but IBO doesn't count <laughs> we all know that I'm just saying yeah yeah that's no unification I'm just saying it's like I don't know unifying the Austrian championship with the WBC or something would you call what about unification? unifying the Austrian? No, what about unifying the Austrian championship with the German championship? <laughs> I think that's forbidden. And then maybe thrown 
you know, because of World I, War Two. the Hungarian one. Is that also Frankie? <laughs> isn't that this treaty from Versailles or something like that? I don't know, man. You'd know better about that than I would. Yeah, for sure. So get involved in any of this. Yeah. So, so what did you think of the fight? Did you watch it live or did you catch it later? I, oh, I cut cut it later. I, I just think, you know, I've said it time and time again on this show. You know, Marco Hook never should have left the Serlands, but you know, fighters like to think that they know better. But let's be honest, Serland would never have made those fights. So uh, if it wasn't for Marco Hook thinking he knew better than Serland and the Lizard people, he'd probably <laughs> still be the WBO champion of the world right now. And he'd have the record. Yeah, that's true. It's just, it, it, it just comes down to matchmaking and it was a bridge too far. And then yet again, poor matchmaking. Like Marco Hook was a lot of fun to watch. When he was just like fighting no marks and like the rough house tactics, as as you so eloquently put it, but you know I don't want to see Marco Hook getting like dominated. There's no fun in that. Mm, true. So uh, the problem is also what will he do now? I mean, he still has this TV contract with RTL. How the hell does he still have this TV contract? When did <laughs> so they gave him a TV contract after he lost? Yeah, the Glowatsky fight wasn't shown on RTL even. So no one in Germany knows he lost to that fight. Yeah, uh, I mean some people know, but not everybody. I have to say. General fans don't know that fight happened. Were they talking about it on the um, on the broadcast in Germany? Um, yeah, yeah, just they mentioned it, yeah. So they did mention that he lost in the United States. Yeah, so they, they said, uh, but he's back on top now because he won against Ola He's Aflavi. back in the mix? No, back on top. He's back in the mix? Back on top already. Oh, back on, okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Even though that was a guy he already beaten uh, one, twice before and then drew it. Right, and then he also uh, beat uh, Kucha, the Ukrainian guy. But that was a close and ugly affair also. So... Um, I think that RTL will still give him a chance to, I don't know, make a we comeback. But should they? No, of course they shouldn't. And so. who are who are the Serlands with now? ZDF or are they back with... Uh, Sat1. Okay, so that's with uh, the people that used to do the uh, Felix Sturm fights and the Arena Box fights. Yeah, they did maybe a long we time did. ago. Yeah, no, I'm talking maybe 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, this is this... back around the time when uh, Yuri Orcas Gamboa signed with uh, signed with uh, Arena, but no one really cared about featherweights in uh, hmm. in Germany, so it was a really poor decision to sign them. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm not sure. It could have been also on on Pro Sieben or Eurosport. Um... That arena okay. thing. Ah, I'm not sure. Can't remember. Um, yeah. Well, what we also need to do is we still need to get Ahmed Honor on mm -hmm. the show, so we can ask him about the whole uh, Orlandier Soli situation. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the Desert Eins coverage is, is pretty um, pretty crappy though. That they've got horrible hosts and all that, and also they they got Axel Schultz. You know? I was just about to ask <laughs> if they had Axel Schultz. And I, I decided not to ask because you said that they have horrible hosts. So I was thinking, no, surely they wouldn't be able to get Axel Schultz in. <laughs> yeah, they got Axel Schultz. And uh, 
Yeah, he he's just talking out of his ass basically the whole time. <laughs> what about Sven Otka? Do they, what no. what's he doing with himself? No, he's not um, commentating. Why? What's he doing nowadays? I have no idea. So uh, I think he made enough money so he could live there in East Germany for the rest of his life. So I think I probably have enough money that I can live <laughs> live in East Germany for the rest of my life. Possibly, yeah. Leipzig. Yeah. Magdeburg. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hook, where does he go next? I mean, um, I think... It's hard to say. Oh, I know exactly where he's going to go next. Yeah, where? And you do too. Oh, like Alpha Labby rematch. <laughs> Part 5. Then he'll be... <laughs> yeah, then he'll be back on top. Uh, I think he should. Or maybe maybe he'll do the trilogy with Fear at Arslan. Mm, yeah, Poss- yeah, I wouldn't totally rule it out. I, I, I would hope for a rematch against Steve Cunningham, <laughs> maybe. Oh, man, that'd be good. <laughs> Steve that Cunningham? Was, uh, that was, uh, he st- Cunningham stopped him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Back when uh, Hook was only on the way up. Mm-hmm. Was uh, when he was fir- first fighting for a, a Cruiserweight title. Yeah, that was a long time ago. 2007, was it? Mm, 10 years ago. Long time ago. And now look at him. Yeah. I think even Cunningham would beat him at this point. You think? Could could see it, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's clear that Hook uh, doesn't stand a chance against the top cruiserweights, against the title holders at this point. Did he ever really stand a chance, though? Yeah, I mean, the cruiserweights have uh, heated up a little bit. I mean, back in the day... Here, got one for you. Tony Bellew, a cruiserweight. I think Bellew wins, actually. Yeah, so but against the other guys, it's even clearer against Gassiev or Usyk. I mean, what Usyk, Usyk would... Usyk would murder him. Yeah. Usyk sure. would murder him. Like, it wouldn't even be... Yeah. I wouldn't watch that. I wouldn't watch that fight. Destroy him and his career. I, I, I think you need to, like... If you're the kind of guy that wants to see that fight, you need to reevaluate yourself. <laughs> Right. So, so is is his dad or his brother promoting? Who's the who's the promoter of note here? Like who's actually doing the promotional work? Uh, it's and Marco, his, his brother, and uh, they also got some cooperation with some sports marketing agency or something like that. I think oh, they well. are doing most of the work. So it, it's clear that that he cannot pick up a regular title at this point. So he can't even hold on to his IBO title. Mm-mm. Maybe it will become vacant again. Do you know again. what? I think I think it is vacant, and I think Olaf Afalabi's fighting for it. So there you go, Quintrology. You think British already gave it back? I don't know. You need to look into this, man. Here, one second. All right. We'll, we'll find there it There it is. Uh, IBO becomes Am vacant. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I told you. British, I told you. British did not pay the sanctioning fee. There you go, and Ola Afalabi's gonna fight for it, and he's gonna win, and then there's gonna be the the fifth fight. Yeah, could could really be the case, yeah, because he's going to I'm win against Daza, this uh, unknown German guy. That's what's gonna happen, you know. I told, I called it. Oh boy, yeah. Anyone who who turns it's on, be on, it's gonna be on RTL again, because he'll be back on top if he wins that fight. Mm-hmm. Back in the mix. So anyone, anyone who tunes in. I really doesn't know about boxing, that's for sure. Oh, who he could fight as well. Enzo Macronelli. <laughs> Isn't he retired? I don't know. I thought he was retired years ago. Hmm. But he keeps coming back and getting laid out by people that he shouldn't be fighting. Yeah. Do you know what? If Enzo Macronelli got a got a shot at an IBO title, he'd come out of retirement. Possibly. Yeah. Remember when 
Jones fought Big Enzo. <laughs> and got demolished. <laughs> Enzo hadn't demolished anyone in ages, and then he demolished Roy Jones. Mm -hmm. Almost gave him brain damage. So <laughs> Jones couldn't come on HBO for several months after that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I saw Enzo Macronelli fight? No. Or maybe? It was uh, it was a fight with Matthew Ellis. It was at heavyweight. He was meant to fight Jonathan Banks. Oh. And Jonathan Banks had the great idea of uh, pulling out of it injured. But really, he just wanted to fight Thomas Adamak instead. And he got laid out by Adamak. Whereas he probably would have beaten, uh, beaten Enzo Macronelli. Hmm. Yeah, but um, let's switch uh, subjects right now. The... Okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, the Ward Kovalev rematch is a done deal and it's taking place on June 17th in Las Vegas. So, Las I'm, Vegas, Nevada. I'm guessing that's uh, good news for all the boxing fans. Yeah, but I think Andre Ward's still a douchebag <laughs> for all the bullshit that he put out there in the last year. Oh, this! Oh, I'm just—I've no respect for for Andre Ward. He's he's a bullshitter, man. He's full of bullshit. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, he didn't seem to fancy the rematch too much at first. Why would you? Why would you fancy the rematch? You're going in there with a monster. Yeah, and I I think he realized that he has no other options basically. Yeah, Andre Ward's the B side really when you think about it. I mean, who would he have fought instead? He was trying like hell to get a Golovkin fight at 168. Yeah, and Stevenson, he couldn't get Stevenson. Maybe he could get Stevenson. I mean, they would have done the fight probably if they could have got him. Stevenson is just, he must be 40 years old at this point. Yeah, something like that, 39 or so. So, I don't know, I think there would still have been this network problem with Stevenson. And Ward has this HBO contract, so they couldn't get it done, most likely. How the fuck does Ward have a HBO contract? <laughs> I don't the know. Fighters like him, he should be fighting on bounce every time. <laughs> or BET. Yeah, that was it. BET is where he had to fight against Paul Smith. And Carl Frampton had more viewers on Showtime than uh, Andre Ward had on BET. Hmm. You don't even have to pay for BET. Like comes in your standard package. Yeah. So Kolev is is coming to destroy what this time. That's I hope so. Who's training him now? Is is it not John David Jackson still? Did he not have a big falling out with John David Jackson? A little bit, yeah. But uh, I don't think uh, it couldn't be patched up again. So. Okay. Well, all I know is that um, I think that. Uh, Sergei Kovalev needs to close the show early this time. I mean, he, he made the mistake maybe last time around of, of leaving it in, in the judges' hands. And I don't know, was Ward hurt, hurt at any time after the second round in the fight? Not really. But Andre Ward made the mistake of being a fucking idiot and acting like he actually won that fight. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he made it close in the end. But, of course, he didn't win 7 out of the 12 rounds, like those judges had it, so... Uh, what, what was the, the uh, scoring? Uh, I don't... Don't bring, don't bring back terrible memories. Yeah, I think all three judges had it 1-14, one, 1-13, uh, one so they gave all uh, what 7 rounds, so... 
Uh, I, I don't see that. So he won maybe five rounds. Even if he won six rounds, he, he would have lost because of the knockdown. So uh, he, he showed uh, a lot of heart in that, in that fight that he, he didn't let Kovalev walk him down in, in the later stages of the fight. So he stood his ground actually there and, and uh, landed a lot of jabs and body punches. But he didn't really throw many power punches that, that had an impact. And, and Kovalev's uh-huh. shots were, were much uh, stronger, did more damage. So that should have also been counted in that fight. And... I hope the re- rematch um, goes the same way the first fight, but with with a different decision. With Andre Room on a one-way ticket to the emergency room. Yeah, that would be even sweeter. So I just hope the right guy wins this time. But yeah, Kovalev. Uh, I mean, he'll try to get a knockout, but won't be easy. I think. So I think it, it's likely that it goes to decision uh, another time. And Andre Ward points again. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to. To bet against Andre Ward. I mean, this guy uh, always finds a way to win. Remember, remember the bullshit Andre Ward fans saying now that his shoulder's healed, he'll get more knockouts. Hmm. Have you ever heard so much BS in your life? I mean, he stopped Paul Smith, which <laughs> which Abraham couldn't do in in two fights. Yeah, but Paul Smith was like uh, like literally off the couch. Yeah, he couldn't even make light heavyweight. Right, and yeah, Abraham couldn't get him out of there. So I think in his contract, Paul Smith wasn't allowed to train. <laughs> no training. He wasn't allowed to train. Okay, that's why he came in such bad shape. Possible explanation. Yeah, he looked really, really soft in that fight. So, um, do you have a pick already, or? Uh, I draw word points. Really? But I hope he gets. Yeah, I hope he gets laid out. Mm-hmm. So why are you picking Ward again? Or again, did you, uh, who did you pick the first time? No, I, I, I was, I, I thought that on, I had money on Andre Ward to win on points mm. because I, I, or maybe I had money on it, the over, because I knew Andre Ward's just so fucking slippery. Like, you know, if you get, if you hit him once, he's, he just, he, he has that craftiness not to get, get hit flush again. Mm. You know, as as Shug likes to say, he fights like the uh, young. Ver- he's the younger, old version of old Bernard Hopkins. Yeah. It's the young old Bernard Hopkins. Right. So maybe, what's the guy's name? Joe Smith would do a job on. Joe Smith. <laughs> on Joe Ward. <laughs> I'd love Joe Smith to do a job on Joe Ward. Yeah. But uh, no, not. I just think I I just think that he has uh, he's seen Kovalev for twelve rounds. Mm. So he knows what he's getting in for this time. And I don't think he's. it's going to be a lot harder for Kovalev to get the opportunities that he got early in the in the first fight. Yeah. And obviously the judges aren't looking to do any favors for him. Yeah, most likely. So, yeah, I, I think Watt is pretty good at adapting to situations. I don't know if Kovalev can. So that's also an advantage. Yeah, Andrew Watt always finds a way to win. And those judges love him. So it, it's really tough to pick against him i would have to say yeah but i think we both hope that he gets laid out of course of course yeah i just hope the Kovalev brings it um it just puts on a lot of pressure and yeah he gets it done or he he stunts what a couple of times and that would be tremendous um achievement because otherwise uh is probably going to retire undefeated don't see anybody i hope he loses 
Can't stand Andre Ward. Right. And um, yeah, we'll have to do a quick update. Just checked out the schedule and yeah, there's two somewhat interesting cards uh, coming up this weekend. In Manchester, we got Terry Flanagan defending his title against uh, Peter Petrov, the Russian. Peter Petrov. Yep. You might know him. We remember him. ESPN uh, winning the Boxino tournament. And uh, he lost against uh, that other... No, no, the other guy that fought um, Mikey Garcia a couple of weeks ago. Ah, yeah, Slotty Kanin. Yeah. Yeah, right. And he got so, stopped so, by Madonna. Yeah, so we, we've seen this guy in with a, with a good level of opposition. Mm. So give us a good idea where uh, Flanagan is. Yeah, I mean, Flanagan, uh, I, I don't think too highly of him. Neither do I, Nino, neither do I. So he's just a regular UK paper champion, my opinion. So, yeah, he, he should win against Petrov, maybe. A uh, close fight. I, I see a close fight happening. Well, like, he might not win that fight. Maybe not, yeah. So, well, if he if he wins it, then we have a better idea mm, of where he is. Yeah, Petrov is not really championship material, my opinion. But I'm going to put this out there. I think Flanagan beats Anthony Crawler. Yeah, possibly after the beating he got. Million dollar crawler. Are you talking about the beating he got when those guys broke into his at the house and he uh, <laughs> he stopped them and got a beating there? Or are you talking about Linares? Well, Linares. Uh, they also under beating maybe too. So a lot of beatings he took. <laughs> he does, man. It's Joe fucking Gallagher. He just will not put, throw the towel in, and someone's gonna get injured because of it. Mm, maybe. So uh, on the undercard we have Battle of the Liams. <laughs> Liam Williams against Liam Smith. Liam Beefy Smith. Yeah. So we, we all know, of course, is famous for uh, for fighting against uh, Canelo Alvarez and getting stopped. Mm. And it's the interim title they're fighting for for the WBO. Yeah. So all he had to do was have a quick uh, cheer up fight in Spain under the radar that no one yeah. realized happened until after it happened. Yeah, um, I think we know what Liam Smith is. He's a British level fighter. But here's the thing. We don't know where Liam Williams is. He could be British level as well. So it could end up being a good fight. Yeah, uh, I don't know too much about Liam Williams. Uh, I think I've seen one of his knockouts or so. So yeah, he's coming off a little bit of a knockout streak, actually. Uh, I think mm-hmm. eight fights in a row. So, he has a win against Ronnie Heffron, who, of course, is a big t- ticket seller over in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, could be a close-tested fight, um, but shouldn't be really for a title, more for the British title or something like that. Yeah, it shouldn't be for a so-called world title, but, you know, that's what happens when Frank Warren's promoting the Warren Boxing Organization. Right. And then you got in Oxen Hill, Maryland, you got... Lomachenko against Jason Sosa, uh, the guy that got a draw against uh, Nicholas Walters, uh, gift draw. I think it's I think it's important to remember that uh, Michael Conlon sends, sells more tickets than uh, Lomachenko. <laughs> okay, okay, but Lomachenko is pound for pound number one probably. Yeah, but he's fighting in some place I've never even heard of. Right. Yeah, but uh, Sosa got two good wins uh, recently. He beat Javier okay. Fortuna. That is a decent win. Yeah, stopped him even. 
So that's a good win against Javier Fortuna. And he beats Stephen Smith, another of the Smith brothers. Yeah, that's not a good win, man. <laughs> yeah, he uh, beat him fairly easily. So Yeah, the Smiths, Smiths aren't actually that good. Callum Smith's probably the best of the bunch. For sure. But the others aren't worth, uh, worth much. Right, so Lomachenko's, of course, of course uh, going to box circles around the guy. Uh, will it stop him? We'll see. Depends on the chin of Jason Sosa. If he's really tough, then he might make it uh, uh, to the distance. I don't know. What's your pick? Lomachenko points. Points, okay. And on the other card, we've got Alexander Usyk fighting, Usyk fighting another unbeaten guy, Michael Hunter. Michael Hunter. Now, for people that don't know, Michael Hunter is managed by the infamous Hatman, who was uh, near the judges that were scoring Peterson Khan, and Amir Khan went crazy and, and created a big conspiracy theory about the whole thing. Okay. So, uh, you won't hear anyone else talking about that. Okay. But Michael Hunter. Do you Hunter, remember Hatman? Hmm? Uh, you remember Hatman? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, sitting beside the judges. Yeah, yeah, right. and Amir, yeah, and Amir was gone crazy, saying that he was, uh, he was, uh, he was influencing the judges. But I believe his name was uh, Mustafa Amin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do we know about Hunter besides that? I mean, um, he's uh, a- he was uh, he, he's a very high respected pro. He fought at heavyweight, which is pretty much cruiserweight, obviously. Um, pretty well respected in around the, the kind of Philadelphia uh, area and New Jersey around that neck of the woods so he's not too far from home in, in Maryland mm-hmm. so he, he's a big cruiserweight also 6'2 almost yeah. an 80 inch reach so that's pretty big uh, I mean who, who has he fought uh, not too many guys he fought Isaiah Thomas last time around did he fulfill the drill, Williams? Yeah, I don't know who Phil oh, Williams what? is. <laughs> okay, you don't know who Phil Williams is. Okay, I'm gonna tell you a little story here about Phil the drill, Williams. Someone needs to Google him, and they need to. Fi- I don't know what you need to put in, but basically, Phil the drill, Williams was gonna fight this guy, and the guy came out to fight him in boxer shorts, and I don't mean like shorts that boxers wear. I mean underwear. And uh, he had to go back out to the uh, he had to go back out to the dressing room to get a cup, and then he put the cup. Mm-hmm. Then he came back to the ring, and he was wearing runners, and he got laid out. He basically he came to the ring in sneakers and underwear, and he got knocked out. Okay. He got like like put to sleep immediately. And that's uh, his second best win or something. <laughs> Maybe it is. So yeah, I don't see very good chances for for Hunter here. So, I mean, Usyk uh, will try to to make a name for himself among the U.S. boxing fans. Also, the second fight on HBO, so he'll probably try to shine. So yeah, most likely he'll stop Michael Hunter and try to get a unification fight. Yeah, well, you know, if you uh, want to get a big unification fight, a win over Phil Didrill Williams is obviously a good good way to go. Michael Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Save Phil yeah. Williams for, for the next fight, maybe. Phil Williams. <laughs> but yeah, no, Michael Hunter's a, a, a good, a decent guy. 
but uh, he's not. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about that fucking <laughs> fight. Uh, okay, so basically, like, he's fighting an unproven guy, but mm. a guy that's pretty well respected over in the United States. So, right. uh, you know, I, I think he'll uh, it'll be a, it'll be a decent test. It's a, it's a good keep busy fight. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, and we should also uh, talk a little bit about heavyweights. Klitschko and and Joshua are in training right now, and there's some footage that is shared on social media of Klitschko hitting the heavy bag and all that, and um, there's photos of uh, Klitschko working with Gerald Washington. Yeah. Who looks looks pretty big in that picture? Looks bigger than Vlad actually, but it might be the angle also, and. Also, he's uh, working with Duhal Pa, Klitschko. Uh-huh, you're all pal. Yeah. And um, Anthony Joshua is sparring with Marius Wach, who got a good win lo- last time against Erkan Tepa. And, yeah, he looks small besides Wach. But he and isn't, what did isn't the, wearing any he's shoes. He's got his... And he has his legs spread wide apart as well. Yeah. But one thing I noticed is the uh, massive neck that... Anthony Joshua is, is sporting in that that one, that picture. Do you think he's uh, do you think he's maybe doing the roids? No, I think he's working on his neck muscles because uh, he never showed this Tyson esque um, neck before, because someone put like a comparison up there and it looks like the same, just the same as the Tyson neck uh, on on that famous picture, where it has this fire hydrant neck, you know. <laughs> fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe Joshua is working on his neck to uh, take a shot better against Klitschko. Maybe, but I think he's uh, backing up the wrong tree. I think Joshua might get stopped in this one. I'm calling it Klitschko knockout. Yeah, maybe with the new. I neck. think I'm gonna call. Did I call it last week? Klitschko knockout. Uh, you picked Klitschko, but I'm picking Klitschko knockout. Okay. Yeah, what do you think about that, Nino? <laughs> Bold pick. It is a bold pick. Yeah. Joshua just isn't the, uh, the boxer that Tyson Fury is. Yeah. But he, he's uh, much more of an athlete than uh, Tyson Fury is. Yeah, but there's been plenty of athletes who tried to beat Klitschko over the years. Mm. True, true. I think that just Fury just stylistically was the wrong guy for Klitschko. I don't know, Joshua could also be the, the worst nightmare of Klitschko. If he hurts him early. Yeah, but the problem is, what's Joshua going to do if he gets hurt? Yeah, he gets, he gets stopped that probably. that big right hand, man. Left it's, hook. Not, it's, not Dylan White. it's not Dylan White he's in there with anymore, man. If that big right hand gets followed up with the left hook, it's good night, Irene. Yeah, could be just at the check left hook. Yeah, is Jonathan Banks still training yeah. uh, Klitschko or yeah. has he... Why doesn't he get a real boxing trainer instead of Jonathan Banks? <laughs> Bike carrier. I think it's too late at this point. It is too late because Jonathan Banks is a bag carrier. At 41, uh, you're not really looking for new trainers, I guess. And I, I bet you that uh, I bet you uh, that Jonathan Banks doesn't take a big cut because beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, no, he probably, I don't know, makes 50 grand a year. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't even get paid per fight. He get, just gets a... <laughs> he gets a salary yeah. for the rest of his life. Maybe. Do you reckon that's it? <laughs> he gets 50 grand a year every year for the rest of his life. Maybe. Because Klitschko wouldn't give away like the usual 10% of his purses to 
Did he give him an allowance, maybe? Gives Jonathan Banks an allowance. Like kids get. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, uh, it's getting closer. Fight is three and a half weeks away only, so... Do you know on April Fool's Day I saw a story about Klitschko getting injured and I was about to match it and then I realized it was April Fool's Day. Yeah, it's it's not totally unlikely that a 41-year-old guy gets injured. Something that you did predict on the last show. No, I didn't predict it would happen. I just said that I wouldn't be totally surprised if he tears a muscle or something. I think you, pre- I think you predicted it. <laughs> Yeah, it would look good on my record if it came true, but I hope the, the fight um, does happen. And I hope we get to see an, an exciting fight, fight uh, with clear winner, knockout probably. This fight probably won't go the distance, pretty sure. And What does this do to Anthony Joshua if he gets knocked out by a 40-year-old Vladimir Klitschko? Uh, I mean, it doesn't do him good, but um, at least he, he lost to an all-time great. Here's one for you. Hmm. It doesn't make Tyson Fury look <laughs> if if Vladimir lays out Joshua. Yeah, like a beast. Well, he is a beast now. He's well over 300 pounds. Uh-huh. Did you see the pictures of him training? Yeah. No, I didn't see the pictures of him training. No? No. Are you sure you're not confusing him with his cousin Huey? No. Wait, wait a second. Uh, you need to watch a video of Phil the Drill Williams yeah. knocking out the guy in the boxer shorts. Boxing magazine. Oh, God. Oh, the size <laughs> of his arm. His arm is just so big. Yeah. His arm looks like it's like a tree trunk. Look at his and belly. Not the good way. Oh, man, that's, that's bad. Yeah, and that guy beat Vladimir Klitschko. <laughs> that's so bad. Why would you make something like that, Nino? <laughs> okay, what are these good people saying? Uh, German uh, viewers, uh, some people get caught while doing doping and, and some people don't. So. <laughs> okay. And one, one guy said he was pretty good. What do you all guys have against him? So, And, and one guy does, uh, doesn't want to see him anymore. So. <laughs> So, who knows, uh, he, he must still reapply for his license and have this UK AD hearing, so we'll see. Alright, and that also brings us to the end of the program. So No, you need to watch Phil the Drill Williams first. Okay, I thought it was a homework for the next episode. No, it's for this one. Try four minutes uh, after four minute mark. Okay. So maybe you can do some commentary on what you're saying there. Okay. Phil the Drill isn't wearing the boxers. Right. He's wearing the regular shorts. Okay, fight is starting right now. Yeah. Okay, so he runs towards the guy and gets caught with a check hook and fight is over. Yeah, but he's also yeah. wearing he's Very wearing nice. underwear. Very nice. Boxers. <laughs> I think they're comic book underwear as well. Looks like and he's wearing sneakers. Like SpongeBob boxer shorts. Something like that. <laughs> Gotta put that up on the on the grind page so anyone who that's wondering can check it out. So they need to go to the on the grind boxing group mm-hmm. and they'll see that uh they'll see that post in there. Okay. So thanks Paddy for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, Nino. And be sure to check out OTG on the social media sites and tune in next time on OTG Heavyweights. <laughs>